Let those who are to be installed as altar servers please stand. Emma Byrne, LB Purdy, Bridget McDermott, Michaela Gertner, Lucas Egan, Michaela Colucci, Dylan Walsh, Landon Valdez, Brianna Tavares, and Dennis Byrne. Father Carroza, these young people asked to be accepted and installed into the very important ministry of altar server. Do you judge them to be worthy? After consultation with those responsible for their training, I affirm that they have been duly trained and instructed in their duties and are ready to be assumed as responsibilities of this holy ministry. Then we rely upon the help of the Lord and we choose these young people for the ministry of altar server. You may be seated. I do also want to acknowledge that uh, Brady Egan is serving for the first time as our Master of Ceremonies. That's why he gets to wear red. It's a, it's a preview of when he becomes the Cardinal. <laughs> I'm sure the rest of the congregation will indulge me today if I speak directly to our altar server candidates. Those of you on this side, you probably can't see them, but they look great. You'll see them when they come forward to be vested. But I want to ask you a question, guys. Imagine you were living 2,000 years ago and Jesus was walking around and you were right there with him and you were listening to him teach every day and amazed at all the wonderful things Jesus was doing. And one day Jesus came up to you and said, tonight I'm going to have my very last supper. It's going to be a beautiful celebration and I would like you to be part of it. Would you please come and be present at that last supper? Would you say yes? Absolutely, okay? You wouldn't turn that down. What an honor. You wouldn't say, well, if my baseball game gets over in time, then I'll be there. Or there might be something on TV that, you know, I want to watch. So if it's over in time or whatever, I'll come. No, you'd be there. You would be honored. Then suppose he said to you, and now tomorrow I'm going to die on the cross for the forgiveness of everybody's sins. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. I have to do it. But it would be a comfort to me if while I'm on the cross, if you would just be there and be at the foot of the cross. That would give me so much strength just to see you there because I'll remember that I'm doing it for you. Would you be there for Jesus? Absolutely. No question about that. And we wouldn't be there and say, you know, uh, Jesus, you know, you've been going on for like three hours here. You know, would you please hurry up and die already? Because, you know, I got other things to do today. You know, you know, I don't have all day for this. Of course not. That would be insulting to the Lord. No, you would put that as no matter what else is going on, you would stay there with him. Now imagine this. He says to you, oh, and by the way, tomorrow when I'm on the cross, when I'm nailed there, you need to be there with me on the cross. What do you mean, Jesus? Well, as I'm nailed to the cross, you have to be nailed to the cross with me so that this way I'm dying for your sins, but so are you. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want me to have nails through my wrists and my feet and endure all that pain? I love you, Jesus, but I don't know if I can do that much. Well, but it's for you. I'm doing this for you. It's for your own salvation, for the forgiveness of your sins, not mine. So if you don't get nailed to the cross with me, you can't be saved. Oh, I don't know, Jesus. I just don't know if I could go with that. Please, do I have to? All right, I tell you what. How about we do this instead? Tonight at that meal, 
Before I die, I will take bread and wine, and I will change it into my body and blood. This way you will eat my flesh and drink my blood, and I will enter you, and that will mean you will be part of me. I will be drawing you with me so that when I'm on the cross, you'll be there, and you don't have to be on the cross with me. You don't have to have the nails through your wrists and everything. Just tonight, by receiving my body and blood, you'll be with me on the cross tomorrow. So I'll bear the pain, and you'll get the results of that. Would you do that? Without question. We almost would look and say, wow, Jesus, so I sinned against you, and you're going to endure the pain on the cross that I should be doing, and instead you're just going to tell me to eat your body and blood, and you're even going to change bread and wine into your body and blood, so it's not something gross, but something I can eat easily. And this way, I'm on the cross with you, having my sins forgiven, just because I came and received your body and blood? Yes. Wow. What's the catch, Jesus? This sounds too good. There is no catch. Well, why are you doing this? Because I love you. Yeah, but I'm probably going to sin again. Well, okay, then every time you sin, you come either to, you know, to one of the priests who will forgive you in my name, and then when you receive the Eucharist over and over again, every time you receive it, you'll be with me on the cross. So every time you come to church and receive my body and blood in what we now call Holy Communion, your sins will be forgiven over and over and over again. You will be with me on the cross in a painless way over and over again until eventually your soul joins me in my kingdom. Wow. Pretty awesome, huh? Who would not take that seriously? Who would say, after all that, I don't need that, I don't have to do that? That makes no... You know, who would... It, it's incomprehensible, right, to think that somebody would say that. But you know what? 75% of Catholics say that. They don't think they have to go to church on Sunday to receive communion. And they say, well, I can just pray in my room. Well, that's true. You can pray in your room. But we can't receive communion in our room. And we can't be united with Christ in his suffering, death, and resurrection for the forgiveness of our sins in our room. And that's what Mass is all about. That's what we do Sunday after Sunday, many of us day after day. Offer the sacrifice of the Mass so that through the ministry of the priest, Jesus is offering himself to the Father over and over again in a painless and bloodless way every time the Mass is offered. It's as if Jesus has set a power line through all of time that any time we need it, like if your phone is, you know, you know, your charge is down on your phone and you want to recharge it, you just plug it in. And any time we need to receive the power of what Jesus did for us on the cross, we just come to Mass and it's like we're plugging in to get all of the benefits, everything he won for us by his death and resurrection over and over again. And sometimes we hear people say things such as, well, I don't get anything out of it. Well, I ask, well, well, do you know what you're supposed to be getting out of it? You're getting the forgiveness of your sins out of it. I would say that's something really important, right? Or they say, oh, I find it boring. Well, okay, you know, if you put something into it, it won't be boring. If you think about the fact that I'm here participating with Jesus as he died for me on the cross, that wouldn't be boring. Well, I got so many other things going on. Well, what would be more important than having our sins forgiven so that we can go to heaven? No, we would uh, protect this as something sacred. We'd say the most important thing we ever do in our lives is come to church on Sunday and receive the Lord Jesus and Holy Communion in a worthy manner. And we would say only an emergency would keep us from being here, something that would not make it possible. We would never say, well, 
if I have time, if I get back from the beach on time, if I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. No, we'd say this is the most important thing. And maybe we would talk less about our Sunday Mass obligation and start calling it our Sunday Mass privilege. What a privilege it is for us to be here, for the Lord to forgive our sins over and over again every time we receive the Eucharist. No matter how many times we sin, he forgives us and never grows tired of forgiving us. What an awesome gift that is. And today, you young people, in accepting the call from Jesus to serve him as altar servers at the altar, you are participating in a better way. It's as if Jesus is saying, I want you to help me with this meal tonight. I want you to help me through the whole thing. And that's what you will be doing as you see the servers at the Mass who are doing now, participating in that. It will make the Mass more meaningful for you. There's no question about that. And some of you boys might, as you're serving at the altar, someday down the line, you might hear Jesus saying to you, I no longer want you to be the altar server, the one assisting the priest at the altar. I want you to be the priest at the altar. I'm calling you to be the one through whose words and actions I will make my suffering, death, and resurrection available for the people over and over again every day of your life. Can you accept that call? Would you do that? And here's one old altar boy who did hear that when he was a boy. Realized at one point I was looking at the priest and saying, that's really what God wants me to do the rest of my life. And if he does call you boys to that, if the first time you hear Jesus saying to you, I want you to be a priest, drop to your knees and thank him for the beautiful gift of calling you to be a priest. Because I assure you, I promise you, it's the most beautiful life in the world. I have lived it for 31 years now, and there's not a day goes by I do not thank the Lord for calling me to be a priest. I have known so many joys, and the sacrifices that sometimes people say you have to make to become a priest, they pale in comparison to the graces Jesus gives you. Whatever you give up one thing, he gives you a hundred times other things to serve him. And some of you ladies may hear the Lord calling you to be a religious sister, to serve him by teaching children or helping the poor or the homeless people or whatever it may be in a life of religious service as a religious sister. We need more religious as well. And others of you, God will call to married life, probably most of you, or maybe just to serve him as a single person. But whatever he calls you to do, let today be the foundation of it. That as you start serving at the altar, you're saying to him, Lord, help me know down the line what you want me to do with my life. How will I best serve you? Show me what you want me to do, and then just give me the strength to say yes. And my friends, I promise you, if you say that to the Lord, and you follow whatever it is he asks you to do, you will be happy. Because the key to being happy is just doing what God has created us to be. For now, it's serving him at the altar as altar servers. Do it with your whole heart, mind, and soul, because you will inspire the rest of our congregation to love the Lord more when they see you serving him, and it will lead you to want to know the Lord better and serve him better, and you will find joy and happiness in your life, and everybody else you meet will be made better because they've met you, because you have shown Christ to them. Christ that you have received in the Eucharist and have the special privilege of serving now as altar servers. And so, I ask all of you who are to be installed as servers to please stand and together with our Master of Ceremonies, recite your prayer of commitment. And remember, there's people over here who want to hear you and you don't have a microphone, so be loud.
Dear Jesus, I thank you for calling me to be an altar, altar server during the holy sacrifice of the Mass. I promise to be faithful to this ministry and to serve you with the greatest devotion my heart can offer. I ask you to bless me as I begin this ministry, that I will always be worthy of this holy calling to serve you, that in all my actions of my life at home, at school, and in the community will always reflect the dignity that is mine as an altar server. Amen. And now, dear server candidates, bow your heads as we pray this prayer over you. My brothers and sisters, let us pray to the Lord for those who wish to serve at this altar. Let us ask him to fill them with his blessing and strengthen them for faithful service in his church. God of mercy, your son Jesus Christ came to us not to be served, but to serve his brothers and sisters in love. In his name, we ask you to bless these young people who have been chosen for the ministry of altar server. Grant that they may always be faithful in serving at your altar. May their reverence in this holy house set us an example of true worship, and may their generous service give you glory through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now, servers, as I call your name, come forward to be vested in your cassock or alb if we don't have one that fits you right now. Emma Byrne. L.B. Purdy. (laughs) Your hand has to go through there. It's in there somewhere. (laughs) Congratulations. Bridget McDermott. I got it right. Yes, good. Michaela Gertner. The cassocks are easier, you see. <laughs> Lucas Egan. That way. Michaela Colucci. Dylan Walsh. Landon Valdez. Rihanna Tavares. Oh, you got one of the stiff ones. And Dennis Byrne. You got one of the new ones. 
Congratulations to our new altar service. Thank you for listening to this week's homily by Father Carrozza. If you enjoyed this homily, please pass the word on to your friends and invite them to listen. For more materials from Father Carrozza, please visit www.fathercarrozza.com.